to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Ever get the feeling that your horse is trying to tell you something? I have a lot of back feeling. I'd love to see what you think about that. What insights might the goldfish have when it comes to how you live your life? If your cat is lost, is it possible to locate him or her psychically? Hello there, and welcome to this 174th edition of the Paranormal Fall and Bit of the Sixth Edition of the Paranormal. I'm Ben. Those most unusual questions. My co-host and Paranormal Ed. Okay, well, certainly a real welcome back, our Karen and. Who hasn't been with us for a year and a half? Karen is always able to understand. Well, she herself says, "It's done." I remember spending the day with friends sharing all my dreams with them. I had the ability to understand them, thinking and feeling. And I thought everyone. Was. Many years later, long after my abilities had failed, I was in deep, deep in meditation. Spirit guides held the path. I would soon take the urge to again follow my path and humans understand. I devoted the next communicating with the application, prayer, and study. Karen, who lives uh, in eastern Washington State, has been a professional animal communicator since 2003. She has communicated with thousands of animals and birds of all shapes, sizes, and breeds. In her book, Hear All Creatures, The Journey of an Animal Communicator, she even reports communicating with a fish and, I believe, uh, a snake as well. Through her years of connecting with animals, Karen says she's found that most are excited to share their thoughts and feelings, and they enjoy the attention. Anyway, in her inspiring book, Karen really shows that animals can say a lot more than just, feed me. Oh, except maybe our cat. So, Karen Anderson, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Well, hi, guys, and thanks for having me back. I know it's been a long time, but it's always good to be back on the air with you, too. Well, thank you. I can't believe it's been a year and a half. Are we all set with the studio? There was an awful lot of back feet there. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, good. Uh, Sorry, folks, if you had any interference there. Well, yeah, you should be honored, Karen. Usually reserve that for the UFO controversy people and all that sort of thing. So anyway... (laughs) <laughs> I feel honored. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll ask Ben's first question. He's busy on the board here. Uh, what exactly does an animal communicator do? Well, basically my main goal is to uh, help my clients achieve their primary goal, whatever it is. If it's they just want to check in, say hi with their animals or see what they have to say, um, I'll, I'll do that for them. Sometimes it's a health issue uh, or a pain issue or even an end-of-life issue. It's been, um, I don't know what's been going on recently, but I've been getting a lot of requests to check in with uh, elderly or sick animals that their uh, human moms and dads aren't sure if it's the right time for them to help them make their transition so I can mm. check in with them and see what they want to do. just depends on, on what your goal is, and, and my job is to ask the animals and let you know what they think. Okay. Uh, Ben's got a uh, – are you ready here, Ben? I yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Okay. Just being a father here. <laughs> so what's the difference between that and the guy on, like, Animal Planet that deals with psychotic cats? Well, um, 
this is actually hearing from the animals and, and hearing what's going on in their life, in their world, what's on their mind, how they think and feel without putting a human twist on it. I, I try to be, I try not to censor any of the messages. I'll just share whatever the animal is sending me, whether that's good news or bad news. And I'm not sure about the psychotic cat show. I've seen a lot of <laughs> yeah. Animal Planet, but I don't know, know about that one. What what does he do with the psychotic cats? He's an animal behaviorist, and he doesn't uh, look anything like a normal an, animal behaviorist because usually they're boring, stuffy old guys. But this, <laughs> he has like five million <laughs> tattoos, and like he has his beard in the shape of like lightning bolts. It's weird. yeah, it's kind of okay. gimmicky. I don't know, you know, like most things on TV. But anyway, that was just a, just an idea. Uh, now, now let me let me uh, work in a question here. Now, as you know, you know us very well, and this show has been on for a long time. You were one of our first guests. And, you know, uh, we have serious people generally tend to listen to this show, people who are uh, very intelligent, highly educated people who generally are turned off by the, many of the other paranormal shows because they're so silly, <laughs> some of them anyway. Right. And so what do you say to these people who might say, geez, talking to the animals, I can see a certain amount of uh, obviously uh, – uh, sympathetic contact, maybe even psychic contact, if you want to use the word. What do you say to them when when, when they, they question or, or express skepticism about what you do? Well, I think everybody should be a healthy skeptic. I really do. I, I think that's normal, and, and I would... I wouldn't expect anything less. That's uh, truly something that you would have to experience for yourself and see what it was like and hear from your animals or your deceased animals so that you can understand the process and how it works. And it's those are the biggest skeptics usually end up being the very best of clients because they come in with just this complete thought of, you know, there's no way she can do this. And then they hang up from a session, a phone session with me going, oh, my God, how did she do that? Yeah, no, I know. So, I've had people tell me that themselves. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's really, to me, I love, I love skeptics. It's the cynics, uh, and I don't get too many cynics. But, um, you know, I'm not here to prove myself or defend what I do. I, I am really here to, to help, and that's what I do. I help the animals, and I help the humans. And oddly enough, you guys, it's usually the human that needs the help, not the animal. You know, that's a yeah. very apt distinction to make. Skeptics mm -hmm. versus cynics. That, that yep. I'm going to remember that because that, that's exactly what we get day in and day out. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so, uh, sorry, uh, can, you can continue. Oh, I was going to say, I, I, I welcome skeptics, but, you know, everyone can do without the cynic. Absolutely. Exactly. So in your book, you talk about having this gift as a child and then you rejected it and then you get you get it back when you're older or you were trying to get it back when you're older so what was that about why did you reject it well as a kid i thought everybody could talk to the animals i didn't know it was something that adults didn't do or didn't know how to do i just assumed that because i could do it everyone could do it you know even when you're a kid you think you can fly you know you put the Superman cape on and, you know, you, you think you can fly. It's because kids are so open to that sort of thing. They don't have the programming that says you can't do that or, or that's not possible. And and it was just a uh, um, something that as a child I was always drawn to animals. They were my best friends. I liked the animals better than I liked the humans, so I connected <laughs> with them more. <laughs> they were yeah. my best friends. 
Yeah. I had a lot of animal friends, and I just understood them, and they understood me. And uh, when I had a, a very um, traumatic experience with a cat that basically I felt responsible for it dying right in front of me because I was trying to call it over to me when I was very, very young, and it got hit by a car right in front of me. And so that at that moment, I turned it off, and I said, no more. And I was horrified, and I thought I had caused that cat's death. So that's why I turned everything off and said, nope, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm, and, I remember uh, you telling that story, yeah. 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 And then came into it again later as uh, when I was in uh, law enforcement, and I was a deputy in Colorado, and... You know, in, in law enforcement, you really have to be somewhat intuitive and learn how to read people in situations because when it comes down to it, your life is at stake. And it, it really is important that you learn to read energy. And that's yeah. where I started to basically open up to those abilities again. It was just in a different um, type of setting. So Absolutely that's true. what kick-started it. Yeah, exactly. And it got kicked kick-started you you won't find a, a cop out there that'll call it intuition or being psychic but they'll they'll call it a gut feeling you know yeah. oh, i just i just knew that guy did it you know i knew he was lying i knew that was the guy you know there's there's a instinctual you know the hair on your back your neck stands up or you get a bad feeling about somebody those all of those things come into your intuition and and that's what i learned how to sharpen as a deputy Okay. Some of the animals in your book, Karen, come across as amazingly wise and old souls, if we will, if you will, insightful. Yes. And of course, we look like sort of bumbling nitwits. What do they have that we don't have? Well, for one, I think they have honesty and they are very truthful. And as a f former deputy, you are dealing with people who we used to say, if their lips are moving, they're lying because, you know, every person I ever arrested would lie to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, animals don't lie. They're truthful. They yeah. they speak the truth. They feel the truth. They're very, I'm going to say, about themselves. They're very much, you know, in, into, um, they are their favorite topic. They love talking about themselves. They're, it's It's really... A, a healthy selfishness in a good way, and they're very honest and truthful. Now, I've had some animals pull my leg, or I've had some animals uh, kind of mess with me. Like if uh, there was a litter box problem in this one multi-cat household, and I asked, okay, who's doing it? And they all point to each other. He did it. <laughs> she did it. I can't he tell a lie. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there are times they will... Um, self-preserve, so to speak, but it's yeah. honesty. Wow, they're they're just they're true, truly honest. Humans, not so much. No, unfortunately, no. It's yeah. very hard to find an honest human, especially in politics. Anyway, um, how do you hear what animals are saying, or is it the difference between hear hearing what they say and feeling what they say? Well, I get messages in all different ways. I can hear them, but it sounds like my own voice or my own thought it, it doesn't come through like a 
deep masculine voice or a high feminine voice that comes through just as my own thought, but I've learned to train myself that that's not my thought, that that's an incoming message. But then animals can also send me images. They can describe their surroundings if they're lost. They can describe um, a health issue where, where on their body they're feeling it, and then I'll actually feel it in that part of, uh, you know, if they're having a leg issue or back issue, I'll feel it in those areas. So I can get feelings, I, I get emotions, they have emotions very similar to ours, and, um, and, and all of, sometimes they'll send all of that at once. So I have to literally break it down, I'm seeing this, I'm feeling this, and, and my back hurts. You know, so all of those things can come in all at one time. They're, they're very, very good at communicating, and if anybody uh, gets teased about keeping up, they tease me about I can't keep up with them sometimes but they're they are really anxious and ready to share messages and then I just have to try to keep up with them okay well I I wanted to just interject here before we continue that we wanted to uh, uh, I perhaps should have made this clear we weren't going to particularly do any uh, readings for listeners tonight uh, because we, we have waited for three years to actually have the conversation we're having because there's never time when Karen is on because the phones just don't stop. But uh, I think I kind of made it clear this evening we weren't. There were a few people at the very, very last minute who I believe have sent in some things, but obviously there's no time. So uh, just to apologize to the, any listeners who uh, may be disappointed with that, we will do other shows with Karen where she will do readings when she uh, feels that, that she can. And uh, now uh, we just want to have this, have this conversation. But people are welcome to call with any questions, certainly about uh, animal communication, how things about about Karen's many adventures in the field, and we're going to get into some of those uh, in a bit. Uh, Karen, have you ever been wrong? Uh, you mentioned having your leg pulled, hopefully not by any alligators. Have you ever been wrong about an animal or been steered wrong by one deliberately? Well, I would say it's a rare situation when that happens, really, really rare. Uh, they, they just don't have that kind of agenda. The only time that they will try to steer me or, or lead me down a different path um, is, is truly to protect either their human, their human moms, dads, or families. Um, but, but it's rare. I, I will always, almost always stick to what the animals tell me. If, if I'm hearing yes from the animal and a no from the human, I'm going to go with the animal and stick with the yes because the animals never lie or rarely um, go away from the truth. It's it's usually they're usually always right. So okay. it's it's very rare. All right. Okay. Very well. There are plenty of times I feel the same way. Animals certainly don't <laughs> lie. Uh, anyway, we're um, coming up on a break now. Uh, we are on CBS New Sky Radio, and it is behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And, uh, oh, and world, I should say, and <laughs> newskyradio.com. Been a long day. And we'll be right back with our talk with Karen Anderson. So stay with us. CBS Radio's The New Sky. Newskyradio.com. This is The Lisa J. Smith Show. Listen to Lisa J. Now at 3 o'clock Eastern. This is Lisa J. Smith, and I am here to give you messages from Spirit. Give us a call so I can connect with you. Look up to the sky. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Reach out. Newskyradio.com. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons. No boundaries. 
All day long, we're devoted to your emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. With your direct connect to the stars, Lisa J. Smith, The Dr. Pat Show, Liz Souza, Barbara Mackey, Glynis McCants, The Wake Up Call, with L. Newman and Tom Force. Let us know how we're doing. 248-545-7685. Log on. NewSkyRadio.com. 24 hours a day. Your spiritual well-being is our concern. Awaken the extraordinary. Live the life you've imagined. Look up to the sky. CBS Radio's The New Sky. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where spiritual guides nourish your soul every weekday. Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura, and Kira. Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lira. Life by Number with Celeste. And Keeping Life Real with Dr. Susan J. Stone. It's Spiritually Speaking Radio, Spirit Guide Radio, at 11 p.m. Eastern on New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. New Sky Radio. Powered by CBS. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. And that's 248-545-7685. If you have a question for us or for our wonderful guest today, Karen Anderson, nationally known, internationally known, animal communicator and author. And Ben has our next question. Right. Uh, Karen, do you ever find that one species is more caring than another species? Oh, let me see. Um... Like some people think that cats, like they that they just don't care about anybody and they just sort of do their own thing or whatever. Well, dogs as opposed to rhinoceroses. Or yeah. Well, I would. I'll say this to you. Um, there is just like if you took a, a random hundred people off the street, you're going to have a certain percentage of them that are super people type persons. You're going to have some that are shy. You're going to have some that are grumpy. Uh, you know, it's, you're going to break it down into all those different categories. And the same thing is true with animals. And it, regardless of species, cat, dog, horse, a snake, uh, koi, uh, whatever it is that you're speaking to, there's going to be a certain percentage of them that are just very into themselves, very into their humans or their people, and then you're going to have some that are just grumpy and don't want to talk. It's the same kind of thing. It isn't that one species is more caring than the other, but I will say that there are some species that, like anything involving a cat or cat behavior, is takes an extreme amount of work and um, patience and diligence because they just don't have that that sense that they want to please everybody all the time. Like, for instance, the family dog. So it takes much longer to convince them or work with them or get them to change their behaviors. It's still something that we do, but it's you just need to have a little more perseverance. We did a show recently on, uh, it, well, it was a, sort of an open line show, but we kind of had the subject of uh, uh, 
nature not being quite so cruel as people think it is. Yeah. And one of the examples that I used was was that we, we used to live in the woods, as you probably know, Karen, uh, in uh, not too far from here in Rhode Island, at Cumberland, Rhode Island, and we. I would, uh, being a writer and, and working at, at the, the Metropolitan Newspaper in the evenings, uh, and I was home all day with uh, the boys, uh, and I was all able to, to observe the whole community of nature in the woods around us, and I spent a lot of time doing that. I'm kind of picking at a book on, uh, you know, uh, Underhill Days is called. That was our house name, Underhill Days and all. But, but in any case, the, the cat, the community of cats was very interesting, and I happened to mention how the, the, uh, the, the, Alpha ship, if you, for lack of a better term, would pass. There were nine at one time, uh, generally between six and nine cats, would pass, almost like, you know, the, the, the king is dead. God save the king, you know, as if it's a human. Mm-hmm. And we had one who, who was who, who died. Uh, I, I swear it was from snake bite, and I, I was pulling the body out from a crawl space. <laughs> this isn't very reassuring under the house. If the snake was under there, I don't know. But the the cats all sat around in a circle while I did that, very respectfully. Um, I, they, they followed me over to the grave site. They they sat in a circle while I buried the uh, the, the former. This was the alpha, and one of them walked up to me and rubbed against me, and I knew this is the new alpha, all right? And th- they took turns sitting by that grave one at a time for a month, every day. Up on our back deck, where they used to all kind of sit, there was a spot where uh, the, the alpha, who was a female, by the way, Kitty Wells, mm-hmm. was in it, and she would, would sit there, and th- they would sit in front of the, as if she was still there for about a week, and then the, the new one would take her place. If you had, and you couldn't make this stuff up, I mean, if I hadn't seen this with my own eyes, and if you run into anything, uh, talk about caring. And, and and love and consideration, I mean, on the part of cats, people... I don't know, have you ever run into anything like that before? Wow, that's a beautiful story. And um, and and quite, I'm going to say, unique to see that, to be able to watch and see that whole um, story unfold there. It's a privilege. And it is. It's, it's really something interesting that I've come across. And even in a household that has several animals, if there is... Let's say to the humans, they'll say, oh, this one and that one don't get along. Well, I'll check in with those animals, and sometimes they'll tell me that they enjoy the interaction between the other animal, even though we see it as adversarial. Hmm. And it's very interesting. It's not always what we think it is, and uh, it, it sometimes, especially for indoor cats or cats that don't get to go outside, they are looking for entertainment, and so that's where most of the behavior problems start is they're just bored and they need something to do with their um, their extreme intelligence in some cases and just their energy in other cases. But that's really a beautiful story. And I think that um, I would, I would, I'm si- I was sitting here sh- shaking my head yes, like nodding yes, yes, yes. I, I totally can see that happening. There is a certain respectfulness among the animals that I don't see in humans, or that is something that humans don't don't quite have. And um, you know, it's I've learned a lot from the animals. I've oh, I've so learned much. so much from them. Yeah. And and truly, they they are a lot deeper and have much older souls, as I like to say, and they have a lot more wisdom 
than we have sometimes given them credit for. And then, you know, there's others that are just plain old goofballs and, you know, you <laughs> just <laughs> just like in the human world, there's just some that are goofy and silly and they don't have very deep thoughts, but there are some that just blow me away. I've oh, told yeah. some of my clients after a message that has come through, I can't believe what they just told me. I, I mean, you don't even, you can even make a bumper sticker that good. You know, it's like, <laughs> where did that come from? Yeah, you just sure. can't, be, you just can't believe some of the things that they say. And in my experience, the reason that some animals are more knowledgeable is they share with me that it's the number of lifetimes that they have experienced. And they are literally older and wiser, as hopefully we are these days. And uh, they become very philosophical as an old soul. And especially when they transition to the other side, then they get extremely philosophical and very symbolic and very much um, these beautiful sayings and, and like, you, like what you got to see firsthand. Um, that's just, wow. I would, have, oh, yeah. I would have loved to have seen that. Well, th- I want to get into the spirituality of this a little bit later because you just touched on something important, but, but we've got other questions we want to get through. Okay. All right, so what's the difference between com- communicating with a wild animal and a and like talking with a domestic animal? There's no difference. Only The only difference is the way that you would perhaps reply to them or the, the kinds of things that you would ask them. I mean, obviously... You know, if you're trying to connect with a wild animal, you want to hear what's on their mind or how they see things or how they view the world. And here's a perfect example. I was at the Monterey Aquarium in California, and they have these huge tanks with, you know, floor-to-ceiling sharks and and barracuda and everything in there that you could possibly think of. And I was communicating with this one enormous fish and it was called a sunfish I think and it was like a thousand pounds I mean this fish was huge and beautiful and it's swimming by I was asking it you know it must must be very nice in there for you because they get fed they get cared for they have 24-hour vets on call and fish specialists and biologists and marine biologists and uh, the fish said to me Okay. Sorry about that. No, yeah. the fish didn't cough. But uh, all right, Karen, I'm going to interrupt you here for a minute because we have a caller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. it's it's our good friend Kyle Dayton from Arizona, who was a show reporter, and uh, this is not usually her topic, but uh, if the studio can put her through, uh, you there, Kyle? I sure am. Thank you for taking my call. I love the show today. It's, it's oh, thank it's you. So, well, it's, we were always everybody. Haven't talked to you in a while. I hope everyone is well. And um, well, I have uh, I have yeah. questions. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Oh, no, no, um, please go I ahead, have, uh, okay. Karen. I have, uh, a question. I have a question for Karen. I have uh, four dogs and a bunch of birds, but my oldest, is a, he's around 14 years old. He's a male border collie, and um, he's, still, he's still got a good appetite and all that stuff, but he's starting to go crippled, and he just, you know, for about the past four or five months, he just demands my attention every two hours, night and day. I'm sorry I'm a little emotional about this. I'd like to know. How will okay. I know when it's time it's okay. to let him go? Thank you. I appreciate the it's, uh, calmness. You know, tonight. Thank it's you. the hardest. It's, it's the hardest thing in the world, even for me. You know, and and sometimes mistakenly people think that well, it must be easy for you. You can just ask them when they're ready to leave. And no, I'm emotionally involved with this animal who's been a part of my life and. 
you know, some of them who have been sick or uh, we've been treating them for years or however long, they, they really have become a huge part of our life and energy that, that we spend every day worrying, caring, and, you know, making sure that they're okay. And I will tell you something. Of all the animals that I have connected with in, what, almost 10 years now, um, and, and this is up into the tens of thousands, I have only had but a small handful of these animals tell me that their human took them out of their body too soon. Usually, I hear from the animal that the timing was just right, and in a few other cases, I will hear that the human waited way too long and that they were ready to leave their body, but their human wasn't ready to let go. So if you think about... If you put put your dog's needs first, what what if they can eat and drink and do their business and still have a quality of life without having assistance and without being in pain and without struggling or struggling while they're in a rest mode, those are indications that you're probably going to have to help them make their transition. And they're usually very accepting of that. They don't, they don't want to struggle. They also want to maintain their dignity. So as their moms and human dads, it is our responsibility that we keep them from going into crisis mode, which is what I call it. And, and that's where we're at the vet at 2 in the morning and it, things are looking really bad and things are going downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't want to do that and they don't want to put you through that. They would much rather um, go quietly and peacefully and, and have a nice uh, loving transition than to have that scenario um, with a few exceptions. I've had a few animals tell me that they want to pass on their own or or they'll just leave their family. They'll just distance themselves and disappear and leave their family. Uh, but But usually it comes down to we have to make that decision. And it's it's not a fun decision to make. And mm-hmm. I, I agonize over that decision. But you know your dog better than anybody, and you need to trust what you're seeing, hearing, and feeling from your dog because they will let you know. There will be a look. There will be something that they do to give you that indication that, you know what, I love you, but I can't be in a body that's failing me anymore. And it's just my time. Mm. Okay. Thank you so uh, much, Karen. Well, thank you for calling. You're Kyle. welcome. And thank you. And and truly trust what you're getting. It's it's really difficult and even for me, but trust what you're getting. All right. Thank you. Everyone have a great a great evening and thanks very much. Oh thank Talk you, Carol. Be in touch. Okay. Well thank you, Karen. That Certainly strikes me as a very sensible and good answer. Uh, yeah, we're uh, going to be winding down for another break here on uh, CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benino. We'll be right back with our guest, Karen Anderson. Stay with us.
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben. And we are having a fascinating conversation with Karen Anderson, animal communicator, and all sorts of wonderful stuff like that. And so, after that question from Kyle Dayton, uh, we, we're going to switch over into something entirely different. Uh, do you ever find that animals who think their owners are jerks? <laughs> Tell us what you really think. Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? The, the people who are drawn to me are usually the highest quality, best... Um, loving, kind, giving people on this planet because they love their animals and take care of them and really do want the best for their animals. So I very, very, very rarely ever come across that. And and here's an, an interesting side note to that. Even when an animal has been severely abused, um, neglected or mistreated, beaten, you name it, by the, a human in their family, they're very forgiving Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the answer. I, I had another. If is that okay, Ben? Go on. Okay, I have another question about wild animals, and I've always wanted to ask you this. In the military, we were trained uh, in survival training, and one of the things we were told to do, and this is, I don't know, maybe this has changed. I was back in when we were dealing with dinosaurs. Uh, you, if you're, if you encounter, say, a bear, which yeah, that actually happened to me on, on maneuvers one day, and. Um, uh, or a hostile predator of some kind, you take your coat, hopefully it's not the middle of summer and you're wearing a coat, and, and you spread it out to make yourself look bigger. Um, are, there, are, there, are there better ways of dealing with, with that situation from a more um, sympathetic point of view or communicative point of view? Uh, you Don't know, the, if, if, if it were me and I 
and I live in the wilderness. I live on 28 acres, and we have bears. Yeah, we and picture you as like sort of a female Grizzly Adams out there. In I know, Elf. I know. And believe me, I've got the the gray hair to prove it too. But <laughs> truly, the um, the best thing to do is to think in your mind, and this is almost impossible, but you you really need to think of what you want to have happen. You have to think, picture what you want. Like if you want that bear or whatever it is to just go away, walk the other way, that's the kind of thoughts that you should be sending out. And the last thing that you want to do is uh, alarm them, um, anger them, frighten them. If if you want to appear bigger to them, if you feel the need to do that, uh, that is also an option. But truly, animals are really good at picking up on our senses. And when we go into that fear mode, we become prey. Mm-hmm. And and they want to go after prey. So if you can just get in your mind that you want it to go away, just go and just keep saying it over and over in your mind. You know, go away, bear. Go away, bear. Go away. And you know, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not here to hurt you. And put in your mind what you want. That goes out to the animal, and hopefully you don't have any beef jerky in your pocket or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. There's another... it, it really is a, it really is a um, a mind thing too. As much yeah. as it is scaring the daylights out of you, it's a mind thing too. Well, it really was. Uh, I'll tell you about this sometime off the show. But a funny situation with uh, all these troops uh, running away from this bear who had found our food and uh, were banging on plates, and it didn't really. Everything was uh, rather funny after we thought of it later. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway. Uh, th- there is a good reason for this next question, and it has to do with language. We, we've we come clean lately, especially me lately, and I mean within the past year, of uh, certain entities we run into in paranormal cases. And I had never wanted to talk about communicating with that because it sounds like I'm doing the psychic thing, and I, you know how I'm a little antsy about that. But mm-hmm. there are times when you have to communicate in other languages. And I suppose in a way I made a, an indirect connection with animals. Do you have any trouble communicating with animals whose people are non-English speaking? Um, interestingly enough, uh, no. The uh, the first time I came across a situation like that was many years ago when I first started. And I had a client from Japan who had read my book and just loved it. And she only spoke Japanese in the family, but they had a family cat, and she wanted to know if I would be able to communicate with their cat who didn't know any English, and I I didn't know the answer to that, so we set up a session, and and sure enough, I was able to speak to the cat as if it was born and raised in Southern California like I was. There was was not even a a slight issue. There wasn't uh, an accent. It was just plain English, the way I would understand it. Hmm. I even checked in with a uh, very expensive um, show horse that was raised in Germany and only was trained under German um, uh, commands and whatever they asked him to do. And, and it, the horse communicated with me in English. And the only explanation or the most logical explanation I have for that is that sometimes there is, like in these cases, a situation where a translation occurs because I'm not doing this alone. I have help um, in in the uh, um, 
on the other side or through spirit guides or whatever you would like to call them, and they translate for me. They put things into my frame of reference. It's like I have my own built-in translator. There's, there's, to me, that's the most logical explanation because otherwise it makes no sense. Although I did touch, talk one time to a hedgehog who had a British accent, and I just about <laughs> fell on the floor with laughter because of this little thing. And a deceased, a deceased cat from England, I kept referring to her human mom as mom, and she corrected me and said, no, you mean mum, because they, <laughs> they say mum over there, not mom. So that's a, a rarity. Normally it's just plain, regular English, but I, I have had a couple of times where there's been a slight accent or just a hint of that. Or they will tell me that a different language is spoken in the house. And then I'll hear something that sounds either like Japanese or Spanish or Italian or Portuguese or whatever else the language is. But, no, it's never been a problem. Well, that's it was, interesting. It's it was a, real, really cool. Well, there are universal concepts, of course, that would, would perhaps come across in translation. But Mrs. Tiggy Winkle and uh, Tabitha Twitchett, pretty cool. <laughs> Well, <laughs> anyway, well, I didn't get to I didn't get to finish telling you about the fish in the aquarium. We had to go to oh, no. um, um, a break or something. But just quickly, I, I was looking at this magnificent fish, thinking it had the life of Riley. You know, it had everybody waiting on it, catering to it, feeding it, caring for it. And what it told me, it really put me on my place. It said, "It's still all about life and death in here." Hmm. Wow. Yeah, and that's I, I, so I had to really think about that because here I thought it was leading this cushy, you know, cared for life in this humongous aquarium with everything it could possibly need. And it, it was just like such a, I wasn't expecting that answer at all. It's still this, all this about life sunfish. and death. This, no, this, this so. big sunfish you're talking about. Right, that big sunfish at the yeah. Monterey Aquarium. I didn't, I didn't get to finish that. I was... Okay. Well, uh, you're never going to get to finish the fish story because we had to take another break. So we're going to wrap here on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back with Karen Anderson. Stay with us.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. And we're going to be, uh, I'm afraid we're using up our hour very quickly here with animal communicator Karen Anderson. And Karen, I just wanted to touch on one thing that was very special that you mentioned when we were last on, which is a year and a half ago, you had started working with the police on cold cases. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing in that regard? Absolutely. It's blending uh, two of my favorite things, law enforcement and, of course, uh, working with the animals. And there's a lot of cases out there that are unsolved or um, just the only witness was the animal that was involved, or animals, plural. And I've been doing some cases to help catch the bad guy, which I love that. I love helping out when I can there. But um, I was working on this one case where an, an entire breeding farm of thoroughbred racehorses, uh, somebody went in in the middle of the night and um, basically um, attacked and killed um, all of the horses in the, in the barn and the foals, uh, so they, it was, it was horrible, I won't go into the details, but it was horrible, and the, the owners of the farm contacted me, because they heard about me through a friend, and they asked, can you find out who did this, and I said, well, I'll, I'll do my best, and so they forwarded the, the photos to me of some of the horses that were slain, and, uh, I spoke to quite a few of them, and they described not only, which I didn't know ahead of time, what areas of their body were attacked, but they described the assailants to me. They described their uh, what they were wearing, uh, what one of them was smoking a cigarette, the brand of cigarettes, and also they gave me these uh, people's initials of who did this. And so all of that was sent on to the police. So just, you know, it's, to me, that's the blending of, of two of the best things I could possibly help out with. And, you know, it was a horrific case and very gut-wrenching. But uh, just the fact that they were able to uh, find the people that did it and that were responsible for it was at least a little bit of Oh, yeah, absolutely. Light. Yeah. Some, some form of justice. Do you find the police, uh, some of whom are, of course, just even just now getting used to human psychics dealing with human suspects. I mean, are, are, do you find uh, a credibility gap at any point with uh, animals as witnesses? Yeah, they, you know, that's that's a typical cop, though, is to be skeptical and not to believe until you have facts and proof and evidence, and that's okay. But I even have worked cold cases where uh, the cat was the only witness to uh, the mur- a murder of a human, oh. and uh, got I have gotten very detailed messages from the the deceased cat about um, who did it, and you know if I can help a family, if I can help close the chapter, if I can help bring answers. I'm also working on a case. There's a a woman that went missing in uh, Northern California. She was out walking her three dogs. She was 70 years old, and she vanished, but her dogs were still there. And uh, I was able to give a description of uh, this person that basically kidnapped her, including the type of vehicle and where they could find her body. Wow. And, and before we 
run out of time. I want to give you a chance to talk about your book, your website, what, you, what you're working on, how people can reach you. Okay. Well, the website is KarenAnderson.net, and you can find me on a Google or Bing search or whatever, just put in Karen Anderson, Animal Communicator, and I'll pop up there. And uh, the best way to reach me is through email because due to the nature of my work, uh, 99% of what I do is over the phone. I, I have email sessions for my clients in Dubai and Australia, New Zealand, New Zealand, China, Japan, and you know where the time zones don't work out, we do email sessions. Um, but I, I also offer uh, medium sessions to connect with deceased human loved ones. And all of those appointments and information on how to schedule are listed on the website under the consultations page, or you can always send an email off to the office, and you can check on the website, too, for the book, Hear All Creatures. I'm trying to get it back on Amazon. I just haven't figured out how to do it yet, so I'm, I'm the only that. one who has them, so you still have to order it for me, but that's good, then I can personalize it. Yes, absolutely, and, and as I said, we're, we're going to help you with that. I also want to get you on to Kindle, um, one of our sponsors yeah. of the other show. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, Karen, uh, uh, and if you don't mind me mentioning something we talked about during the break, because a lot of people listening to the show are very interested because of, of Ben's and my experience uh, with the, well, I shouldn't say experience with something that hasn't happened yet, but our opinions about the 2012-2016 period, and uh, this came up on Coast to Coast on May 16th, and uh, an unbelievable response. So uh, mm-hmm. Karen uh, is, is going to, as, as she is able, uh, sort of look around and see what uh, animals may be thinking about the, this, this period. We've been talking about uh, human possibilities and human opinions, and we'll see what, what happens uh, with regard to uh, to that. So, Karen, uh, Ben, do you have any uh, more questions for Karen? Because uh, we've, uh, we've got a few minutes here. You you have something. Else. Okay. I've... Well, I wanted to get there. I have all kinds of questions, but I wanted to get into uh, one or two things here that, that, that Karen had suggested. Uh, you have a, a deceased cat for telling a new baby on the way? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, uh, I was talking to one of my clients, and... Uh, her deceased cat was showing me a baby, kept talking about the baby, and she had the client had no idea what I was talking about, and the cat was insistent, and so I stuck with the cat, and I just got an email the other day from her saying, well, uh, the baby will be due in, you know, such and such a time, and the cat was right, and oh my gosh, we weren't, we didn't even know it was a total surprise, so. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's well, a, that's a. New new way of um, of checking to see if you're expecting. <laughs> I guess so. Well, uh, let's let's um, let's go to our cats then. I mean, we we you got a few minutes, and we sent you. Uh, uh, seeing as it's our show, we took the, the liberty of sending you uh, our two. One of whom actually lives with a neighbor, but he thinks he's ours. And uh, our um, my wife and I going to have a baby at the age of sixty. Uh, <laughs> What's going uh, on? No. All right. <laughs> uh, they're not talking baby, but uh, uh, you guys sent me a picture of Foz, who is an orange tabby, right? Yeah. And he's about seven. Mm-hmm. And you also sent me Rusty's picture, and he's yes. also an orange tabby who's about 11, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I just have to tell you that when I first opened up their pictures, um, Foz went to every possible length that he could to tell me how high-maintenance Rusty is. And, <laughs> Boy, that's true. Um, that, 
he totally gets catered to, and I'm supposed to bust your chops because all you guys do is cater to Rusty, 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 Rusty. You just cater to him. Our niece, the veterinarian, says Rusty is in charge here. Well, yeah, he, uh, he uh, Foz is is uh, very much aware of that. Um, being um, kind of the, I'm going to say Foz is very animated. It's almost like talking to a cartoon. He's a very animated fellow, and uh, he he just is uh, kind of a, um, um, I'm going to say he's a Mr. Cool kind of cat. You know, he Mm -hmm. just kind of sashays in Mr. Cool. He kind of plops down right on top of what I'm doing. And Rusty, on the other hand, he refers to as the glamour puss. He has to get all the attention and all the glamour and all the spotlight. So it was very interesting what the two of them had to say about the other. And um, Rusty thinks, deservedly so, that he should be in charge and that he should be the one calling the shots around there and um, has quite a sense of entitlement about him. He feels very, very entitled. Yep, he's very entitled. Oh, that's right. Oh, but, it's uh, so true. It's so true. You know, they're, they're two completely different. <laughs> they're true, com- two completely different um, personalities. But um, I really feel like, um, you know, when when Rusty's in the room, you know, we we all have to do what Rusty wants us to do and pay attention to Rusty. And Foz is just kind of sitting on the outside, just kind of going, "Oh, brother, you well, know, eye roll." He's doing eye roll. Well, if we had more time, I'd I'd ask you about various experiences with Foz coming through solid walls and uh, doing all sorts of paranormal things and being very cool about it. Let me me just say briefly that Foz, when I popped open his picture earlier today, he kept talking to me about some kind of inanimate object. He says, talk about the inanimate objects. And I thought, what in the world is he talking about? So I wasn't going to mention it until I had a chance to talk to you, but... Does he have some kind of, um, I'm going to say, uh, higher sense or or better yes, sense of knowing when there's paranormal activities going on? Yeah, the, uh, the the hill we live on is very interesting, paranormally speaking, and our particular home, for lack of a better term and for lack of time, is, uh, <clears throat> shall we say, well-guarded. Okay. By, uh, I think All inanimate right. objects might might be uh, a, a sort of a, a mistranslation of, of something he's trying to communicate. Uh, there is there are, there are guardians here, uh, okay, which we need very very much. So, uh, but of course, obviously, well, this. But I was wondering, and and just out of curiosity, because I didn't get into it too much with Foz, but. Do you guys have something with inanimate objects that they are taking on a life of their own or they're moving around or they're doing something yes. odd? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah there okay. are. It's the nature of the energies around here. Okay, because that's what Foz was showing me. He's like, talk about the inanimate objects. I'm like, okay, oh, okay. I'll talk well, about it. Well, as you know, everything is animate, you know? So, yeah, well, yeah. Um, Foz takes a, a true interest in that. But, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he... he Officially calls Rusty the, the glamour puss. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's going to stick. Mm-hmm. Karen, we are out of time. But we want to thank Aww. you so much. It's been a fascinating conversation. And we're definitely going to have you back. And it's not going to be a year and a half. So, okay. Uh, All right. in touch with Let's you off the air. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you real soon. Have you back real soon. All right, guys. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay.
Alright, so uh, podcasts of all our shows are available at NewSkyRadio.com or at our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com. Okay. And so many thanks to our producer, Will Cosmic, and we'll see you right here next Sunday, September 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com, where we will be welcoming Dr. Joy Pugh. Am I pronouncing that correctly? That's correct, yeah. Okay. Uh, for a discussion about the Antichrist. That's okay. going to be a very interesting show. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. And, uh, again, check out our drive time show, Boston Providence area, 6 p.m. Eastern time, every Monday, WON, 1240 a.m., com, And uh, this should be an interesting one tomorrow night. Uh, we leave you today with an old English saying, a house is not a home without a pet, unquote. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time.